Game Notes is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know jazz ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. My favorite part of this Game Time app, it is so easy. You can check out for tickets in two taps. Just tap, tap, emphasis on the tap, tap. Just get out of there so quickly, get tickets, blink of an eye, so easy to do. So head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to Game Notes on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is your Utah Jazz Podcast hosted by myself, Zach Harper, and Tony Jones, the beat writer for the Utah Jazz here on the Athletic. This is a free episode. It's in front of the paywall. You don't have to kick that paywall down in front of the paywall. So if you're not a subscriber, you want to get all your jazz coverage, because I know you you jazz fanatics want to get all your coverage possible from Tony, go to theathletic.com slash game notes. And you can subscribe for 40% off an annual subscription. Best money you can spend for the entire year. So make sure you get that subscription. Also, you can always hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag Game Notes TA, as in The Athletic. Hashtag Game Notes TA. Submit. What I want is you to submit your all-decade team. Because, Tony, that's what we're doing this week. The all-decade team for the Utah Jazz, right here in The Athletic, we're doing a big blitz of all this all-decade coverage. I know I wrote the all-decade for the entire NBA. You've done all-decade for the Jazz. So we're going to go position by position. And I want to start off with the coach, Tony. For all-decade coach, it's Ty Corbin, right? It's a lock. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh like that. Maybe Quinn um, Snyder. Maybe Quinn Snyder. It's Quinn Snyder. Definitely Quinn Snyder. Um, Let's say, you know, let's see. Uh, So Quinn has led the Jazz to playoff berths. Yeah, uh, second round appearances. Second round appearances. Uh, He's been, to me, you know, one of the top six or seven coaches in the league. Uh, He's been an incredible find for the Utah Jazz. He is absolutely the coach of the decade for the Utah Jazz. All right. Well, We'll let the people debate that one. No, it's a, it's clearly Quinn Snyder. But for some of these, some of these are pretty straightforward, right? Like the, the Jazz have found some real stability and some real success, but not everything is as straightforward. So let's go through position by position. I'm actually – I don't know that this one's straightforward to me, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm an idiot for feeling this way, but the point guard position. So we've got – we still got Darren Williams in this decade. We got Ricky Rubio. I guess you could throw like a Trey Burke and Howell Neto and and – you know, 10 games of Mike Conley into the mix, but was, is it Darren Williams for you? Is that the clear cut point guard of the decade for the Utah jazz? He is the clear cut point guard of the decade because he did more in his one year in the decade with the jazz than any other point guard did uh, in a decade. Think about it like this. He averaged 21 points, 10 rebounds, four, 10 assists, four rebounds a game. Uh, in 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 his in his year with the decade, he was he, he was one of the top three point guards in the league, uh, along with Chris Paul and Derrick Rose. Uh, he was an all star. He was um, 
you know, he was trending towards being Olymp- an Olympian. Uh, he was all, he was an all NBA guy. So even if he lasted only one year, uh, and then basically forced his way out of town the next year, uh, to me, he's still, uh, the best point guard of the decade and the point so, guard of the decade. So we're not knocking him for, for the whole Jerry Sloan debacle, huh? He still gets to, he um, still gets to stick up there. So I did talk extensively in my, my all decades story, uh, about the Jerry Sloan debacle. Okay. And I think that he takes points off, but here's the problem. Uh, this, the, I expect, you know, obviously I think Mike Conley uh, by this time next year will have passed, probably surpassed him. Um, but if there was a second, if there was another guy that I would think, uh, I would think it would be George Hill and not Ricky Rubio. Oh, and yeah, George, George Hill, Hill only played 40, George Hill played 47 games. And That's it? Oh, I guess it was only 47 games. God, yeah. it felt like so many more than that. If George Hill had played an entire season, um, he would have had a chance because I thought George Hill was was really really good. That team was Jets. good. That, uh, that that team was good. Yeah, that team. George was, really was good. terrific, um, but he only played forty seven games, and the way he ended, he ended so acrimoniously with the Jazz um, that it just kind of put a paw, kind of cast a paw. Um, yeah. On his entire on his entire tenure, um, so you know I, I I like Ricky Rubio. Um, you know his, fir- his really first year was his first him. year was phenomenal. His first year his was phenomenal. First his year second year was good. Was, the the problem with Ricky bad. is I, I I thought he held the ceiling of this team back. Yeah, you know? I think I mean I think he's the perfect point guard where he raises the floor for a team, but he does definitely put a cap on it, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and I thought Ricky's presence put, especially last year, I just thought it put a real cap on, 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 on the jazz. And by the time, by the end of last season, uh, it was pretty obvious that the jazz had to go a, a separate direction. So, um, you know, even, even though, you know, Darren's Darren didn't have a lot of time with the jazz, uh, in this decade to me, uh, he's still the point guard of the decade. We're not, me. we're not, we're not holding the Jerry Sloan thing against him. We're not holding Darren Williams sideburns against him. You got to hold the some, Jerry some Sloan the, thing against him. But some I mean, of the worst sideburns, one in ten. Yeah, but some of the worst sideburns I've ever seen. Oh, I mean, really, okay. like that's as bad as the Jerry. But Sloan some of the best opinion. crossovers you've ever seen. Great crossover, absolutely. But the sideburns, the Jerry Sloan thing, uh, not mine. I'm going Ricky Rubio, but I'm also. Uh, just trying to cause a little chaos here. The <laughs> shooting guard position, shooting guard position. Look, Ronnie Brewer. That, Ronnie Brewer gets it with his chicken wing jumper. Um, no, it, I mean, it, it hasn't been all that long, right, Tony? But it's it's got to be Donovan Mitchell. Like, he's already yeah, done it's enough. it's definitely Donovan Mitchell. See, that, that's that's the thing. Like, here's the thing. With, with a number of these picks, um, they're recent guys because so much of this decade was thrown away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, and then, this is like they really got good in yeah. the last few. You know, obviously that last year with with Gordon Hayward and George Hill was was phenomenal. But right. they pivoted and, and found a a franchise guy in Donovan Mitchell. I mean, and who are the other? Like, look, and I don't want to be disrespectful to the other guys, but the other guys are like Alec Burks. There is no other guy. Ronnie Brewer and maybe Rodney Hood. 
right? Like Randy that's like Foy. Randy Foy, like that, like the it's it's not just that it's an easy decision for Donovan Mitchell because of the competition. It's that he's been in two and a half years. Like he's been incendiary. Like he's incredible. Okay, so Donovan Mitchell's averaged. So he, he's averaged tw- uh, 20 points a game, 23 points a game. Now he's at 25 points a night, um, almost 25, five and five um, or tr- close to 25, five and five or in, in the conversation with 25, five and five. Uh, he's also defending uh, at a career high level. Um, he was rookie of the re- rookie of the year running up, runner up. Um, he's training towards his first all-star game appearance. Um, you know, hasn't missed, just, hasn't missed the playoffs. You know, it's only been two years missed, that he hasn't missed the playoffs. Hasn't missed the playoffs yet. Um, so he's, you know, he's he's the runaway uh, shooting guard uh, of the decade for the Jazz. Um, you know, the other thing. I mean, I mean, is there is there another guy who's a legitimate candidate? That's the question, and I don't see another legitimate candidate out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it, it is, it is a pretty clear cut. I also, I mean, I can we go I, Rodney hood? Can, can you, can you, can Rodney hood be a candidate? I thought Rodney was really good. Like I know he had some shortcomings. I thought Rodney was really good as just a team guy who bought in and everything. Right. And, but, yes. but, it, but like as good as he's been, it's not like he put in a body of work that can, you know, over, over, I guess, did he play, he played more games? Yeah. He's played more games than Donovan Mitchell by like 50 or 60. Right. So, so in terms of like those extra 50, 60 games, even as solid as I think Rodney hood has been the peak of, of Donovan Mitchell in these first two, I said two and a half. It's not even two and a half. It's like two and a quarter years almost. Um, it's, it's not, it's not even close. Like Donovan's been that good. Right. Donovan came in and, you know, he basically took over. He took over the spot, and it was the spot that the Jazz had been searching. They, you know, they drafted Alec Burks in two, uh, 2011. Uh, they gave him. You know, he made it through a second contract. Um, they drafted Rodney in, in I believe, 2014. Um, you know, so it's it's been one of those things where it, it it's been it's been a search, and then. You know when they when they found Donovan when they found Donovan. I mean that that search basically ended. So uh, it's only been two years, but um, it's you know he's he's definitely. Uh, I don't think there's a question that he's the shooting guard shooting guard of the decade for the Jazz. Tell me, I, I got a I got a spoiler. Next year, spoiler time. Next year or net or next decade. Donovan Mitchell's going to be a shooting guard for next decades, all decade team I'm, for the Jazz. Too. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that you are going to be correct. Yeah, I think I feel pretty good about that prediction. Uh, he's just, I mean, man, look, I, you can nitpick his game, and I know plenty of people do. And they, and with any young player, you always get the contention against is like, oh, he's overrated, overhyped, and all that BS, right? And just like, just take your boring ass out of here. Like, we're not interested in that part of the conversation. Like, I'm, I'm taught like Donovan Mitchell. For a guy who's only been in the league two years, it's crazy how comfortable he looks most nights. Well, I think he's one of I think he's one of the best young players in the game. Um, you know, I think he's he's a guy who's explosive offensively. Uh, he's improving defensively. He's a guy who can take over games. Uh, he's a guy that's proven that he can take over a playoff series. Um, you know, so he's he's 
you know, he's 23 years old. Um, he just turned 23. I mean, he by by every measure that you can look at, uh, he's he's one of the guys that the game is is going to to count on uh, f- to to be really good for the next decade. Um, you know, and and that's that's the thing. He he's exactly what the Jazz need. I mean, on the floor, he's he's a rock, and and off the floor, um, and off the floor, he's extremely marketable. Uh, so he's he's a guy that I think that the Jazz are, are, are really happy with, and and uh, I think the Jazz I think the Jazz hope that he's a guy that's in, in in a Jazz uniform for the remainder of his career. Tony, how long does it take until he's the greatest shooting guard in Jazz franchise history? So who's uh, who, it's Jeff Hornacek right now, right? Jeff Hornacek, Jeff Hornacek, my Jeff Malone, Jeff Malone, right? Um, Daryl Griffith. Yes, Daryl Griff is phenomenal. Um, so I don't think he surprised any one of those. I think I think he's probably surprised Jeff Malone by now. Um, I don't think he's overtaken Jeff Hornacek or or, or Daryl Griffith, but I think by year five, year six, I think he's probably. Uh, I think if he if he continues on the trend that he's on, I think that he's probably. Um, I think that he's. I think he probably surprises them. Here's the thing that I said in my story, and this is what might cause controversy. I think he has potential to be the the greatest jazz player to to, to wear the uniform. Whoa! I, th- whoa. I think he has to see. Uh, you're saying whoa? Oh, let's hold let's on talk a about minute. It. Does he hold have that ceiling? That is that ceiling. Man, I do not agree. I think when you look at on the floor, off the floor. I think if you look at well, yeah, uh, we're, well, I mean, if we're including off the floor, then that does yeah, we're we're, the top, we're including, the top we're a little including bit. everything. Yeah. We're um, including everything. I think if you look at on the floor, off the floor, I think if you look at um, what I think if you look at the dollars that he brings to franchise, I think if he if he brings a championship to the franchise, which is going to be sure that would that would trump a lot of things right there. Um, right. I mean, you're talking so, about a two-time MVP, a 14-time All-NBA player, four times All-Defense, like yeah, the uh, second I, most points in NBA history. I mean, it notice is, notice the adjective I didn't I use wasn't best. The okay. adjective I used was greatest, um, and I think that those are two different those are two different descriptions. Like I think I think, right I, now, I, I, yeah, I, think, I, think I, I think right now that LeBron James is the best player to ever play the game. I think that Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play the game. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. I mean, the only way that happens to me is if he brings a championship. Right. Not so that's that, fair. So that's fair. If, if that, and I think if that's the, and I do think that's a realistic goal at some point during his peak. Um, so yeah, I get, yeah, I guess it's possible, but man, that's, that is a crazy standard to surpass. It's a crazy standard to surpass but it's it's a standard that i don't think um like i said like he's gonna have to the jazz is gonna have to win a championship in his tenure um but i don't think it's something that that i think it's 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 nuts because like we're not saying that he's going to be better than than stockton or malone in in a vacuum right or Um, or end up with thirty-seven thousand points or something right right? yeah exactly what i'm saying is what i'm saying is you know, if he's a ten-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, 
um, the Jazz win a championship in his tenure. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's in movies. He's, you know, he's Spider-Man. You know, he, he's like one of the the most marketable, you know, right now. he's That's the thing with Donovan Mitchell. He's made the Utah Jazz cool. Darren, Darren Williams didn't make the Utah Jazz cool. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, that's Donovan sure. Mitchell has made the Utah Jazz cool. Like people, like the Jazz are on national TV because people want to watch Donovan Mitchell. And I think that that's, I think that that's all a part of his story right now. Like the way he, the, the way he's transformed the Jazz on the floor, um, but the way that he's made this franchise relevant off the floor as well. Ever wonder how to get the hottest kicks on the market, the ones that barely hit the shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, handbags, whatever you want. It's what all the experts have been using for a long time. All the hype beasts, that's how they get all their stuff. You can get it right now. Millions are already using StockX to find everything after it sells out from the latest Yeezys, Retro Jordans, hottest streetwear from brands like Supreme, Bape, Palace, Kith, all the good ones. Me personally, I've got my eye on some confetti Kyrie 4s and oh my God, the price, you can track it the whole time. You know what's going up. You know what's going down. When it goes down, you throw in your offer, you go and get it. Couldn't be easier to use. And the great thing about them, you know everything's authentic. They ensure authenticity. Every item bought or sold on StockX is carefully inspected by hand to ensure it's 100% legit. Their experts go above and beyond to make sure you never get burned by fakes. Absolutely never. They've removed all the risks from buying and selling online. Now you can get the hottest, hardest to find kicks without having to deal with a random buyer or seller ever again. Don't ever go to Craigslist ever again for these kicks. Want to get in on the hype? Check out stockx.com slash bball for a surprise offer. Trust me, that offer is really good, but you got to go to stockx.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around too long. That's stockx.com slash bball. Check it out today. All right, let's go to the man in the middle. Uh, clearly, Rudy Gobert. There's no real competition here, right? Unless there's you want to count no Derek real, Favors no, as a center at times. Like, there's no competition. And no offense to Al Jefferson. No competition is, as well. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert both trending towards being top five jazz players of all time. For sure. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, um, Rudy Gobert, uh, I, I don't – well, here, you know. here's, a, here's a potentially dumb question. Is Rudy Gobert already there as a top five jazz player of all time? Uh, is he better than Mark Eaton? Are you taking him over Mark Eaton right now? Oh, I absolutely take him over Mark Eaton. Okay, you're taking him over Mark Eaton. Okay, so that means he's the best jazz center so like, of all time. So like Kirilenko is in the mix? Uh, I'm taking him right? over Kirilenko for sure. I don't know if that's for sure yet, but I it's trending that way for me. Okay, so you have – okay, so top five jazz players of all time. Let's, Stockton let's, Malone, Dan let's Lee. Talk. Stockton Malone, Adrian Danley, Ricky Green. Ricky Green. Ricky Green, Daryl Griffith. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking them over Daryl Griffith and Ricky Green. You're taking them over Daryl Griffith and Ricky Green. Uh, both of those guys have been all-stars. Rudy Gobert has not been an all-star. But Rudy Gobert has been a two-time two-time defense player of the year, two-time two-time uh, All-NBA. Yeah. It's close. Like, to, me, to me, the question is, where do you put – like, so I have Malone, Stockton, Dantley for sure. Um, and then after that, it's either Kirilenko or Gobert or Darren Williams. 
Like it's, it's two of those three that uh, maybe I'm missing some. I don't know if you would throw, I, you don't throw horn a second there, right? Over those guys. No, I think you got to put Darren Williams there right now. Yeah. Um, so. And I'm taking, and, I, and I'm, pro- yeah, actually, I don't, I don't know if it's definitive. I'm probably taking Karolinko over Rudy, but I I'm can not be taking Karolinko over Rudy. AK was so good, man. Yeah, but he didn't affect winning like Rudy has. I don't agree with that. I think AK affected winning in a way that was almost impossible to quantify. Man, he was so man. He was so good. His like, best he was a years guy that, were on a 41 and 41 jazz team, though. That's not his fault, though. I don't think that's his fault. Yeah, wasn't Keith McLeod running point on that team? Something like that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> no offense to Keith McLeod, but that can't be. That can't be your guy, man. <laughs> It was it was definitely bad. Um, I, I, I'm it's a conversation take, at least. I, it's, it's a conversation. I probably take Rudy over Karolinko. Yeah, uh, you know, um, at this point. Um, so uh, you know, Rudy's been tremendous, man. Yeah. Like he's oh for sure, absolutely. Just, and he's usually the best center in in this decade, and I would say franchise history. Yeah, he's. He's one of the top four centers in the league uh, right now. Because right now you gotta, if you look, you're looking at the league right now. Uh, um, MB, Cat, Jokic, and Gobert are all on their own island, and yeah. everybody yeah. else is just absolutely yeah, yeah. There's, there's, you know, I think and, and the funny thing is, I think the unique thing about those four is that all four of those guys have different strengths. Like, yeah, they are. They are all very different players, right? Right. Like Embiid is just a monster. Go, uh, Gobert is the best defender in the world. Cat is, you know, just this great shooter, just great overall talent. And Nikola Jokic is like the best passing center ever. And you know, when you argue with all of those, when you argue all of those, it's like, okay. You, you argue for a guy depending on, you know, how you see the position. Right. Like, but the thing that I, that I think, I think Rudy's biggest accomplishment in his career so far is that he's become a two-way guy. Like he's worked his way up to be being as offensively, like he's offensively impactful. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy that affects offense almost as much as he affects defense. And I think that that's, 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 uh, that's his biggest accomplishment right now. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, small forward position, uh, clearly Gordon Hayward. I know we're not supposed to say that name around here, but it's clearly Gordon Hayward. He's the guy. Clearly Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward. By the time he left the jazz developed into a top 15, top 20 player, um, all-star, he was an all-star, uh, his last season, he was like 22, five and four, um, and a great defender as well. Um, he was, he was by any measure, he was so phenomenal. Prime Gordon Hayward was, uh, legitimately one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Um, he was so smooth was so, and so under control. Like watching him so kind of smooth. snake throughout a pick and roll was just oh man. That was fun. So under control. Um, and I think the thing that hurt 
the jazz fans hurt jazz fans so much with Gordon is is seeing where he came from. You know, he was, you know, when they drafted him, um, he was booed. That that, that selection was booed. And he yeah. was he was 200 pounds. He was skinny. Darren Williams was rifling baseball passes at his head. Um, <laughs> you know, the Delonte West was giving wet willies. Uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, wanting to beat his ass on the floor. And also, um, man, th- think about who went after him, right? Paul George goes tenth. Yes, and, and no one, and, no one knew Paul George was going to be what he became, right? But like, he was, it was pretty quick that it was like, oh, this guy's good. This guy that went right yeah. after him, same position. Yes. Um, and I, I, I'll say it like this, man. I think that, you know, what he developed into. You know, he just developed into this two-way guy who was just, you know, so good. Uh, and to see him leave after after that last year and the way he developed, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a gut punch that. And the way in the way in the way that his agent Mark Barlson just botched that entire yes decision, right, or the announcement of that decision. I think the decision yes. is completely justifiable, but it's the way that it was botched so spectacularly that. It, it look, Jazz fans are always going to be upset about that, about him leaving, but that made it so much worse. So the question, the question I have for you is: Does, does if Gordon Hayward stays, does, Don, does Donovan Mitchell develop into Donovan Mitchell? I would say yes, but not this quickly. I would say yes because Cream rises to the top. Yeah, and 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 the and the development staff of the Jazz didn't go anywhere right like i mean this is this is still like obviously igor left in but like this is still an organization that values development and and invests in development and um and so i think donovan mitchell he's always going to have the work ethic he has he's always going to have the drive he has and and the team was going to have the drive and the system to to develop him but i think it's a lot slower and i i i actually wonder how that affects the ceiling of the team or even the struggle of the team, right? In terms of figuring out the hierarchy, because as as Gordon, Hay- it's not like Gordon Hayward is going to be out of his prime anytime soon. At the time, right? Like obviously injuries have changed that with the the horrible leg injury, but like Gordon Hayward was trending upwards, and at a certain point, there was going to be a cross section that is probably easy to manage because of those two personalities. But you never know with that stuff. Well, the thing that I think the thing that's really striking. Um, about Gordon Hayward's last season is that he was the system. Um, everything ran through him. So, you know, it would have been, I think, I think the, the adjustment would have been Hayward's um, as Donovan started to eat in, into that system uh, and eat into those touches and eat, and eat into that usage. And as we're seeing right now, you know, Donovan ain't stopping. Donovan's not going to stop shooting for anybody. doesn't right. matter who's on the roster. Right. He's going to keep <laughs> so them up. He's, he's going to shoot the basketball. So that, that probably would have been really interesting. That dynamic probably would have been interesting to watch. And I think that that's something that Quinn would have had to deal with, um, behind closed doors. Um, but it would have been, it would have been interesting. I, you know, I think what would have ended up happening I think Quinn would have increased the pace so that he made sure that you have more possessions to go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's accurate. 
Um, it would have been like, well, shit, man, I got to play faster. Yeah, we got to we got to get this thing moving because I can't I got to keep both these both these mouths fed right now. Um, all right. The last pos- position we save this for last because is the hardest one. And it's essentially between two guys, right? It's between, it's between two guys. Yes. The longevity of Derek favors and what he meant to this franchise. And I would Versus say the, the excellence of yeah, of the Paul excellence Millsap. in a shorter term of Paul Millsap. Um, I think I would go Paul Millsap, but I, man, it's a coin flip for me. Like where, where do you go with this? Uh, it was hard for me, but I eventually went favors. Um, and this is why uh, I went favors because he became the heartbeat of, uh, of as, 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 Good as Donovan Mitchell, as good as Rudy Gobert, as good as Ru- as Gordon Hayward were, uh, Derek Favors was the heartbeat of that team. Yeah, um, and um, um, that seventeen and thirteen in Game Seven, they don't win that series without him. Uh, they don't win that series. They don't win the Oklahoma City. They don't win the OKC series without Derek Favors. Um, and it was more than that game six shot. Remember that game two when he had like 20 and 18. Yeah. And he had a bunch of offensive rebounds in the game too, right? Yeah. A bunch of offensive rebounds. The thing about that game, if you if jazz fans remember, they got pushed around. They got absolutely punked in game one. Um, and f- favors and Jay Crowder took control of that series physically for the jazz. And, uh, and and that game that turned around that series, um, you know. So th- that's two series that, to me, uh, Derek Favors essentially, you know, had a, a huge hand of winning uh, for the Jazz. And uh, to me, I, I value winning a lot. And 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 when when you win at a high level, to me, that that means a lot. And, the, you know, Millsap had – so he had the 47-point game against the Miami Heat. Uh, he became a starter, uh, I believe, in 2011. Uh, he was really, really good as a starter uh, from 2011 to 2013. Uh, he led the, the Jazz to to a playoff appearance in 2012. Yeah. Um, so it was – to me, it was neck and neck. Um, I think just by a hair, I just went – I went with Derek Favors. Um, the one, one of the things that swayed, um, me to go with favors over Millsap, uh, is that none of Millsap's four all-star appearances came in a jazz uniform. They all came with the, they all came with the, uh, Atlanta Hawks. So Millsap didn't develop it. He developed into an elite player, um, yeah. but he still didn't develop into elite, an elite player with the jazz. He was still just a very good player with the jazz. Yeah. I mean, I tend, I tend to side with whoever the better player was, I definitely think Paul Millsap, even in that jazz form. Yeah. Was I definitely the think player. Millsap was the better player in a vacuum, but I, yeah, yeah, but I sure. also, and I, and I don't know what you do with this, but I also kind of look at it too, as like, you know, favors dealt with a lot of injuries. If favors stays healthy and, and staying healthy is, I don't know if you want to call it a skill, but it's an attribute, right. Um, to, to some degree, uh, if favors stays healthy, which a lot of that, I don't know, is within his control. Um, you know, maybe he develops into a better player than, than what Paul Millsap did. And, and I don't know that you knock Millsap for that, but I, I do think it's worthy of, of mentioning in the conversation. Well, one of the things that, that was huge for me in, in the analysis of this pick, um, and this is really unique. Um, 
the league changed around both of these guys. Um, so the NBA yeah, pretty dramatically, right? Very dramatic, significantly. Paul Millsap entered the NBA as an undersized, as the undersized, hardworking power forward that everybody pretty much shunned. By his prime, the league loved Paul Millsap. They loved the six-eight, do-everything power forward. Derek Favors entered the league in 2010 as the power forward prototype. By his prime, he was an NBA center. Yeah. And and I think that I think that it was that dynamic was just pretty interesting to me to see how dramatically the league changed around both of these guys' skill sets in fa- in Paul Millsap's favor against the favor of Derek Favors. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do him any favors. Uh, I think it, um, I, yeah, I think his ability to adapt and survive in the, in such a dramatic change of the era, that's a great point. Like, I do think that Paul Millsap was always built for this. Like the old eras actually hurt him quite a bit because the idea of being a tweener was just seen as, and, and he was kind of a tweener, right? He's kind of a tweener. Right. Too big for a small forward, but a little too undersized for a power forward, at least by traditional standards. And his survival in that helped him adapt for the new the new era, which I think is easier than going the other way of Derek Favors traditionally would be a power forward. And now he's asked to be a center who not just a center, but a center who can knock down jumpers like that's not that's just not an easy adjustment to make. Yeah, and, and Exactly. And the thing about Paul Millsap that you had to that, that I think he deserves credit for is he he really developed his game away from the basket. And part of that was because I think, you know, in 2009, 2008, 2009, when he was, you know, scrapping with the, you know, the, the power Gasols of the world who were still power forwards at the time. Um, I think he was like, OK, I got to figure something out here because you know, I'm six foot seven. I can't do this for the rest of my career. Right. <laughs> and, you know, he, he developed his game off the dribble. He developed a three point shot. And then, boom, guess what? The, the league went to pace and space. And then by the time by the time that transformation was complete, uh, he was a tailor made fit for it. Yeah. You know, so that was that that part was really interesting to me. So, coach, we got Quinn Snyder, point guard, we got Darren Williams, shooting guard Donovan Mitchell, center Rudy Gobert, and the two forward spots are Gordon Hayward and Derek Favors. Yes. That is your all-decade Utah Jazz team. Uh, Shout-out to Sundiata Gaines. Shout-out to Sundiata Gaines. We did not get to player of the decade. Didn't get to player of the decade. Who's player of the decade? Uh, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, it's got he's already just an all-time jazz player. It's all happening yeah. in this decade. Like it's got to be him, right? And and I don't know, I mean, Gordon Hayward puts up a great argument for for player of the decade, but I think look, being an all-star is nice and I know that's an honor that people want for Rudy Gobert. Being all NBA and being defensive player of the year, that's a that's a an award that means so much more in my opinion. All NBA means more than being an all-star. That means you want a top 50 that means you're one of the top 15 players in the league. All-star means you were great for for at least the first two and a half months, right? Yes. And it usually ends up being a good decision. There are not too many all-stars where the second half of the season were like, what the hell? What, what were they thinking, right? Like, it, it usually holds up. But all-NBA is just such a more important. We a little bit. 
Uh, yeah, that's just a an Indiana thing, right? Like Indiana was good. We needed to throw another guy, and it was back when we thought that kind of rim protection was the future. Yes, Rudy Gobert. Um, I mean, he changed. He he changed. The, he changed the Jazz franchise. Yeah, um, he changed the franchise. He he was so unique that he forced his own franchise to devise an entire system around him. Think about that. Yeah. Quinn Snyder is not a defensive coach. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a guy that, that, that was hired to be innovative offensively and Rudy Gobert's skill set was so vast that for years and years and years, Utah's, Utah's identity was is has been Rudy Gobert, and their identity is still Rudy Gobert. Every decision that that this franchise has made uh, in the last five years has been with Rudy Gobert in mind. Uh, he uh, he simply put, he simply is the system uh, in Utah, and and as good as Donovan Mitchell has become, Rudy Gobert is still the best player on the roster. Um, so I I just think that. I just think it's a no-brainer, man. He's just been he's 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 been really phenomenal, and I think I think if you look at that 2003-13 draft class, it's going to be the draft class of, of Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and Rudy Gobert. And uh, both those guys were late picks. Did did pretty well. Sometimes you can tank in the middle or late rounds of the of the first round. Um, that's going to do it for this edition, the all-decade jazz edition of the Game Notes podcast. Hit us up on Twitter with your selections for point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, coach, and player of the decade uh, with the hashtag Game Notes TA. And uh, we will also take any questions you have for future episodes, anything you want us to talk about, any of that good stuff. For Tony Jones, I'm Zach Harper. Thanks for subscribing to The Athletic. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. If you don't subscribe to either, subscribe to the podcast and go to theathletic.com slash game notes. Thank you.